Well, you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. And as promised, this week's show is coming from the Charles Lamb Pub in Islington, just downhill from uh, the Angel, just off City Road. And uh, we're sitting here in one of the few places in London that is uh, making a strong commitment to the Tour de France by screening every stage of the race. They've got the, uh, the Eurosport up on the widescreen television. And I'm joined by uh, Teresa Bjorn of Belarusian and Bicycle Messenger fame. Uh, Teresa, what's the stage um, today? You've been looking at the profile. Well, it's a big stage today. They've got to go up the Tour Malay. Stage 11, they have um, quite a few mountains to climb and quite high ones as well. Tour Malay is the biggest of the Pyrenean uh, climbs, which they've taken first. This has been the first climb of the day, isn't it? Which it looks like they're over. It's a massive uh, climb. It's 1,100 meters high. Well, it looks like it's uh, Michael Rasmussen who's in the lead. Yeah, another fellow Dane who looks like a mixture of a, a greyhound and a, and a corpse. <laughs> He's so skinny, I can't imagine what he weighs. He must be flying up that hill. All right, well, we're going to uh, sit back and uh, enjoy the race. And um, we've got the little record pair here. So we're going to try and get into the French atmosphere by uh, spinning a few classic French records and uh, the first up is um, a song by the great Boris Vion Quand j'avais 6 ans la première fois que papa m'emmena au cinéma moi je trouvais ça plus palpitant que n'importe quoi Il y avait sur l'écran des drôles de gars des moustachus des fiers à bras dès qu'ils s'entretuent chaque fois qu'ils trouvent un cheveu dans le plat Un piano jouait des choses d'atmosphère Guillaume Tell ou le grand air du trouvert Et tout le public en frémissant Se passionnait pour ces braves gens Ça coûtait pas cher, on en avait pour ces trois francs Belle, 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 belle comme l'amour Blonde, 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 blonde comme le jour Un rêve est passé sur l'écran Et dans la salle obscurément Des masses cherchent, des masses trouvent Timidement Belle, 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 la revoilà Et dans la salle, plus d'un cœur bas La voiture où elle se croit en sûreté Vient de s'écraser par terre avec un essieu cassé Le bandit va pouvoir mettre la main Sur le fric, c'est tragique, nom d'un chien C'est fini, tout s'allume à mercredi prochain Maintenant ce n'est plus mon papa qui peut m'emmener au cinéma Car il plante ses choux là-bas, pas loin de 5 cufa Mais j'ai rencontré une Dalila, une drôle de môme, une fille comme ça Elle adore aller le mercredi dans les cinémas Bien sûr c'est devenu le cinémascope Mais ça remue toujours et ça galope Et ça reste encore comme autrefois Rempli de cowboys sans foi ni loi Et de justiciers qui viennent fourrer leurs grands pieds dans le plat Gar, 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 il coupait S'approche du ravin d'enfer Fais attention, pauvre crétin Car l'anlad n'est pas très loin À 500 mètres, il loge une balle dans un coton de pain 
gare, 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 gare. Pendant ce temps-là, je la prends doucement au creux de mon bras. Le fauteuil où elle se croit en sûreté ne m'empêche pas, ma foi, d'arriver à l'embrasser. J'ai pas vu Cigaris sort gagnant, mais comme c'est le cinéma permanent, ma chérie, rappelle-toi, on est resté un an et on a eu beaucoup Well, that was Cinematograph by Boris Vion, and we'll be uh, having a little bit more French chanson later on in the show. This is The Bike Show on Resonance FM, uh, coming from the heart of London town, but definitely with a French feel to things, and hopefully we'll be sneaking back into the kitchen here at the Charles Lamb pub. So, Teresa, there's, they're on a descent now, it seems. They can have a rest. Is that is that what they do when they're going down? Uh, no, the descents are. You need just as many skills to go go down that as you need to go up. And some riders are definitely more skilled in that department than others. So part of the um, enjoyment of the Tour de France is actually just sort of appreciating the scenery of France. You get this amazing kind of picture of the country, don't you? It's it's. I was reading the other day that it's the most visited country in the world, and it's easy to see why when you watch the Tour de France for three weeks on the television and you see the diversity of the uh, French landscape. The Tour de France is really just one big commercial France, isn't it, uh, of the diversity. Yeah, it's gorgeous to be there, it's gorgeous to see it as well. It makes you want to go, leave London for a while and go to the Alps. And have you watched the Tour de France in the flesh? I was there a couple of years ago and, and, and did some riding while the and Tour was where were you? In the Alps. And what do you make of the hills? I mean, actually having ridden them. I mean, you're no mean cyclist yourself. You're former world messenger champion. Uh, not world, uh, European champion. But I did build the world champion, so maybe that counts. I mean, you have utter respect once you've been up one of those hills yourself. You know, they're 21 kilometers, 20 kilometers with the real high incline. And I did a couple of rides that day up hills, but you know, today they've got like four climbs. So yeah, ultimate respect. It's often said that the Tour de France is the biggest spectator um, sporting event in the world, simply because the stadium in which it takes place is a whole country and it's free to attend. I mean, it is amazing, especially on the climbs where people will come and camp particularly on the hairpin bends where you get a really good view of everybody coming around and they'll put their caravan there kind of three or four days in advance and um, particularly the Dutch supporters and the German supporters they love it it is it's a it is a spectacular event that whatever sport do you get to be that close to to the competitors I mean you see them whizzing by of course they go a little bit slower by as they come up the the climb and they're a bit more spread out as well so you get to see everybody rather than you know if you're camping on the side of the road you know on a very flat stage you'll probably get about you know 10 seconds of whoosh and they'll be gone yeah absolutely no it is it is quite something and there's plenty of things you can do to kind of pass the time you can um you know have a barbecue you can drink all your good beers and wines and all the nice French foods, you can get your paints out and paint some messages on the roads. I haven't seen too many uh, good graffitis on the roads uh, on this stage so far, uh, but maybe they've all been saved for the big climb at the end. 
Yeah, that's right. And normally paint them on, on the climb, so you really see them as you go towards the top. You can see the road painted with all the, the names of the riders. Um, do you think the riders notice? Or do you think they're in such a world of pain and suffering that you know they don't, they don't see their name written on the road? Or do you think it does you know, help them along a bit? I don't know. I would still feel flattered. And sometimes the spectators encroach quite a lot onto the road, which must be quite terrifying. Um, you know, you've got a, a, a kind of avenue of, of, of bodies on either side of you who just jump away at the last minute because they're kind of wanting to get a good view of you as you come up. Well, they're apparently on the very nastiest of the uh, day's climbs, which I guess is probably the steepest. I mean, the Tourmalet is obviously the longest of the climbs, but this is, uh, looks like it's a particularly steep one, uh, the Col de Paysourde. And uh, there seems to be a kind of small group of um, riders who have broken away. There's a Basque rider, uh, Thomas Werkler, French Great White Hope is there. They were talking about him lacking a bit of water. Uh, but his team car seems to have found him and given him a bottle of Lucasade, which he seemed to pour down his neck and then throw away. The man's mad. Maybe he's already suffering from the first stages of dehydration. What do you reckon? I don't know if he's suffering yet, but he, he will be. You have to be really careful getting enough water as you're going up there and, and think ahead of time, not when you really need it. We've been joined by uh, Camille Hobby-Limon, who is the owner of the Charles Lamb pub. What made you decide to show the Tour de France in, in, in your pub? Because uh, there's not a lot, a lot of uh, interest in it in uh, British public. Um, well, it started off uh, when we first got the pub that we would have a no television policy. With the World Cup coming in, we had to invest in a TV. So um, a good friend of mine, um, Paul Frederick, um, who lives nearby, a keen cyclist enthusiast asked if we would show the uh, Eurosport for the Tour de France and as it um, sort of tied in with my French parentage and the, the kind of uh, theme we were looking at running through the pub um, I thought it was fitting to give it a go. So it's a great pub I mean you've not been here for too long you do food as well as excellent drinks and is there a kind of French flavour to the food? I do try my best to try and make it as, as simple uh, French and British fare um, but we have typical things uh, from France like rillette um, which we serve with cornichon and toast and we, we do like to do the charcuterie and cheese plates where we do a, a, I've got a very good supplier of cheese so we have a very good brie de moule which um, smells, stinks out my cellar because we're a free house, we're able to stock whatever we like in the drinks department. So I have a very good uh, Breton cider, uh, which flies out by the litre bottle at £6. Well, let's perhaps head back into the kitchen. Okay. Well, here we are. And a uh, little kitchen back here. I mean, the, one of the biggest favourites here are the merguez sausages, which are typically sold in France um, in a galette. Um, I always remember eating them as a child with a merguez sausage with a, wrapped around um, a galette, and you'd wander around the markets and um, always stop by the creperie or galette stall, and you'd always have uh, merguez sausages with galettes around them, which was always my favourite. And they proved to be quite popular here. Um, not with the galettes though, because that's too difficult for me to do. <laughs> I do them in sandwiches. And the Riette is a big seller. 
What's um, riet? Riet um, <laughs> is like a rough pate, mainly consisting of fat, <laughs> pork fat and pork strung. It's, it's like pork belly, which is strung. Yeah. And French, and it's got a bit of wine in it as well. <laughs> because yeah, I mean. Animal fat is a major component of it most is. things that yeah, are French big, big <laughs> in, the, in the cooking department. Yeah, so that's my goose fat ready for my potatoes on Sunday. Goose fat potatoes, now we're talking. Yeah, now the secrets exactly. are being revealed. What's the secret of making perfect roast potatoes? Well, that's an, an English tradition which, um, which involves, it's long and laborious. I'm usually up by eight on Sundays to um, part boil the potatoes for just 10 minutes. And then I put them in a big colander and bash them around a bit to rough up the edges, um, knock some flour onto them, and then have the trays already heated with the goose fat in them. Uh, put the potatoes in the goose fat and turn them with lots of rock salt, pepper, and rosemary and garlic. Mm. And cannot aid weight loss as part of a calorie control diet. No. Well, look at the French, they, they're mostly quite trim and slim it's all about yeah, how do they manage it they don't have big portions like the English it's smaller portions and eat as much and eat all the things you like but in moderation in moderation yeah. yes. and, and a good glass of red wine with it exactly. as well also in moderation <laughs> great well let's head back out into the pub and see what's going on in the race so Teresa what's happening I'm not quite up to date uh, with it. You're kind of going off into a sort of uh, Tour de France coma. <laughs> you know, it's possible to spend hours watching this 160 men in extreme pain and suffering and just kind of glaze off into a reverie, isn't it? Either that or too much coffee today, I don't know. <laughs> well, it looks as though the lead guys are going up a hill. Well, it looks like Thomas Berkeley is really suffering. You can see the sweat pouring out of his helmet. Um, I think he's paying the price for uh, not taking on that water, and it looks like he's going to get eaten up by the peloton, the chasing group. More music, more music here on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is the bike show, Tour de France special. Je ne peux l'acheter, non, 
Thierry Vincent singing Je ne peux l'acheter, Can't Buy Me Love. These guys are probably wishing they had a granny wheel on the back of their bikes, what do you reckon? I mean, to winch themselves up this hill. It apparently gets up to 10% uh, at the very summit. That's very steep, that's like hitting a wall. So it's Matthias Kessler from the T-Mobile team who is absolutely destroying the field. Um, all kinds of people are falling off the back of this breakaway. George Hincapie, we've just seen, really struggling. Um, but it's an explosive uh, turn of pace by T-Mobile and Matthias Kessler, who was a stage winner with a breakaway um, in the first week of the race. So he's obviously on form. OK, so Matthias Kessler is now just winching himself up on the granny wheel, taking it really easy. So tell me what's happened there. He, he, he kind of exploded and, and now has been dropped off the back. No, his job was to put a fierce pace up for T-Mobile and um, he's done his job now, so he's, he's pulled back. He, he put the pace up and, and... So he's like a kind of kamikaze uh, escape, <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's a good word for it. Well, I've got the uh, official programme of the Tour de France this year in front of me and there's a little special feature which I quite like on um, what it takes to organise um, the logistics of a cycling team in the Tour de France. I mean, each team has got nine riders. Each uh, rider will be provided with three road bikes, um, with four for each of the two team leaders, um, a time trial bike as well. Um, and apparently the team will supply 230 lunch bags, a thousand fruit jelly bars and 1500 cereal bars. 200 energy gels. I mean, energy gels, they're really disgusting, aren't they? I mean, I don't know what possesses anybody to eat one of those. Because it mentions here fruit tarts, semolina cakes and sandwiches. Uh, so all this food is prepared by the uh, assistance of the team. I mean, it doesn't mention flapjacks, because I reckon flapjacks are the, sort of the best food for cycling with. What do you reckon? And it doesn't mention the famous French cuisine either. Surely you would have some red wine and some, some baguettes. Yeah, a couple of sausages stuffed down your back. <laughs> yeah, that should do it for me. I mean, of course, bicycle messengers, when they're in competition, are fueled mainly by uh, alcohol. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's absolutely true. And illegal drugs, but not of a performance-enhancing kind. From what I've been told, just from what I've been told. Yeah, let's reinforce the social stereotypes, that's right. <laughs> well, as the race enters into its final stage, the last 10 kilometers or so, the riders are getting a little last drink of water. A couple of enormous platters of sausage sandwich of appeared at our table. I can't speak, I'm <laughs> chewing. <laughs> Teresa is piled in. And they are dropping riders at an alarming rate. Dennis Menchov is looking very good. Salvadelli's out the back. It's really coming down to about four or five riders 
Uh, Floyd Landers is still up there. Most exciting. This is really what the Tour de France is about when it hits the mountains and uh, they just can't hack it anymore. Michael Bogert, the Dutch champion, is leading Dennis Menchoff, his Rabobank team member, up the hill. And uh, there's a group of five riders behind them. Well, as we enter into the last five kilometers of today's stage, who should walk in the door but uh, the Guardian's very own cycling correspondent, Matt Seaton. Matt, is this the first time you've uh, swung by the Charles Lamb to watch the Tour de France? It certainly is. I'd be here more often if I'd known it was on every day. And what's your view of the closing stages? It looks like it's going to be pretty exciting. I suppose this is always going to be a good stage to watch with a, you know, finishing at the top of a, a long climb. Um, it's one of those climbs, by the look of it, it's not a super steep gradient. So, um, you know, it's quite interesting to see who's at the front. You know, Michael Bugert was at the front until quite recently, and, and so was Schleck. So you've got kind of classics riders able to hold the pace, but actually they now seem to have got blown out. So we've got, what, five on the front, which is Landis, uh, Sastry, Leipheimer, oh, Evans, of course, yeah and Menchov. So that looks like a kind of pretty select group. I mean, tactically, what will be going through their minds is about three kilometers to go. Are they going to be waiting for one of them to make a move and then follow him up? Or is it a bit of cat and mouse at the moment? Or are they just uh, flat out? Well, I think they're, you know, they'll all be wanting the stage win because um, at the moment, nobody really seems to kind of be taking a race by the, the horns and, um, and dominating the yellow jersey. So I think those five will they'll all be wanting to kind of gain time but then they're, doing, they're all going to do that now anyway so I think um, there certainly will be a kind of bit of cat and mouse in the last sort of 3k we saw a little bit earlier on you know uh, Leipheimer had a little dig and uh, um, oh, the Rabobank guy uh, that's Menchov isn't it had a, had a go too so um, you know it should be quite an interesting little finale I think and more importantly Teresa how are the um, Merguez sausages they're good and they're all consumed by now. Nothing left. Apparently it's a speciality de la maison. I was being explained when I was in the kitchen earlier on. So uh, this is one of the sort of more francophone dishes that they serve here at the Charles Lamb. I don't know, it makes such good entertaining viewing. Or do, or do you think it doesn't make good viewing? Do you think you have to be a cycling obsessive to know what's going on? I don't know. I think when it gets to the mountains, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? I mean, and you've got those fantastic backdrops. Um, I don't know, the, the first week I find, you know, I find I generally end up reading about it in the paper the next day. The trouble is I could have this TV on at work, but it would just be so distracting and people would uh, get annoyed with me and, and you'd be in competition with the test match or with, with uh, well, last week it was with Wimbledon or whatever. So, um, you know, you, you, you've got to pace yourself, I think, over a three-week stage race, you So it's come down to a three-man race. Well, no, Levi Lightfoot is falling off the back, so it's Dennis Menchoff against Floyd Landis. Rabobank against Phonak Hearing Systems. Uh, Lightheimer's back in contention. My money's on Menchoff. I, on want, <laughs> I want Landis to take this. I think Menchoff, because his team has uh, 
ridden the best race so far, I think, driving it on with Rasmussen. I think they deserve the win. So we've been enjoying a leisurely lunchtime at the Charles Lamb pub in Islington. And uh, it's an absolutely perfect place to sit and watch the Tour de France and eat some good French food and drink some Breton cider. Um, but there are one or two other places to watch the Tour de France in London. I think Bar Italia uh, shows it, or if it's not on, they certainly turn it on if you ask them. But there's a special event coming up tomorrow, if you're listening to the show on Monday, uh, on Tuesday the 18th of July. Uh, tell me a bit more about that, Teresa. Um, the Rafa company is putting on a screening of the tour um, that's going to take place at the Truman Brewery Corbett Place. Um, you can come along during the daytime. We open up at 11 um, or 12, I think, until uh, 11 o'clock at night. But if you don't have time to come during the day, then come, come in the evening and, and watch it. Um, What's the stage? Oh, the stage is the Alpe d'Huez stage and quite a lot of people from London or the rest of England would have gone and, and rode that uh, stage as part of the Etape du Tour. Well, come along then to the Truman Brewery, which is just off Brick Lane um, in the east of London um, from midday till 11 o'clock at night and uh, we'll both be there. So, well, thanks very much, Teresa, for being a pundit on the, this week's show and um, tune in next week for a special feature by Kieran Yates who as you'll remember if you're a particularly attentive listener to the show uh, is the bike show's correspondent who's been cycling the length of the United States um, he has been talking to a lot of people in Worcester, Massachusetts about the great Major Taylor who was the uh, African-American cycling champion of the late 19th century. Um, and we'll be spotlighting Major Taylor and his exploits at the very early days of competitive cycling. Until then, chapeau, ride safely, and we'll leave you with Michel Polnareff, La Poupée qui fait non.